Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Oh dear, here comes another one. This is the bonus episode for Streamed and Screened. Bonus, bonus, bonus. With myself, Chris Lay, the podcast operations manager for Lee. We got Jared McNett, the reporter for the Sioux City Journal, and Bruce Miller, longtime entertainment journalist and the current editor at the Sioux City Journal. And we're well into the, the second half of the year. So we're going to rattle off uh, three three each of our, our favorite films of the year and see what's going on. See, see how we interpret that. Because there's definitely, at this point, we could maybe all come to pretty solid consensus with the outside world and and each other. Um, I think I might try to go a little different, but we'll see. Jared, Jared can start us off. What do you got? Top three. Yes. Uh, well, I'll, I'll start. I'll give you three uh, honorable mentions first, because I always like to just stuff as many in as I can. My three honorable mentions I had for the first half of the year so far, in no particular order with the honorable mentions. We got Ambulance, the uh, Michael Bay movie with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, we've got uh, Top Gun. Uh, with uh, Tom Cruise, which all three of us absolutely loved, I know. And uh, Jackass Forever. Those are my three uh, honorable mentions. And then moving right along into the main three uh, for my favorites so far of the year. Uh, number three, I had uh, The Northman, the latest uh, Robert Eggers movie, which was by far his biggest and most ambitious movie to date. And I think in a lot of ways was the most just viscerally enjoyable. Like I personally enjoyed the hell out of the witch and the lighthouse, but I'm a freak. So, you know, not everybody's going to enjoy those movies in the same sort of way, but a movie like the Northman, you can totally enjoy for just a pure revenge movie, uh, which is what it is. My number two, I had everything everywhere all at once, which was directed by the Daniels, um, another a 24 movie that we talked about a good deal when it came out earlier this year. Just an awesome showcase for Michelle Yeoh and a, a good example of uh, playing around with the multiverse, uh, I thought, and one that's just also a lot of fun and somehow manages to keep you entertained, even though it's like two and a half hours long. And then uh, speaking of movies that uh, have a long runtime, but managed to keep you thoroughly entertained and thoroughly engaged all the way out. My number one pick, uh, it's been number one since I saw it, uh, and that's uh, RRR. Uh, which is a movie from India directed by uh, S.S. Rajamuli, who's had a number of huge films uh, over there. And this is the first one that seems to have blown up a lot more over here uh, that he's done, as far as I uh, understand. And not only does this movie have some of the best action scenes of the entire year by far, it also has some of the best musical numbers that I've seen or heard uh, of the entire year. And somehow those are both in the, uh, the same movie and make total sense. Uh, together so number one for me it's going to be hard to knock it down by the end of the year even maybe uh rrr bruce was that by george rr martin was he involved in that oh boy okay they're going to get him for the sequel and they can call it like r5 and he says that those finishing uh, books of his series 
are not the same as how they finished the series. Interesting. Who could have seen that one coming? Chris, let's hear yours because I got my list here, but we'll see which ones connect. So I'm going to skip the ones that Jared's already mentioned that I thought were absolutely fantastic. There's not a clunker among the ones that, that he mentioned, but the three that I want to throw out just to add to the list, maybe not the best movies of the year, honestly, but I really liked fresh the movie uh, it's on Hulu. So just about anybody can, you know, watch it with commercials or whatever. Um, it's uh, Daisy Edgar Jones, who we talked about in the uh, the full episode, who is in Where the Crawdads Sing. If you want to see the other side of that, uh, you can certainly watch her uh, be uh, terrorized by Sebastian Stan. And that's about all I'll say. Um, I don't know. The, the poster for that is a picture of a hand wrapped up like a piece of meat. So... Not, not a lot to spoil there as far as what the, the subtext or <laughs> the, the kind of overall plot devices, but I, I thought it was very enjoyable for what it was and relatively underseen. So there you go. Fresh. That's my first one. Uh, the second one is X, the new movie from Ty West set in 1979 about a uh, adult film shoot that goes horribly awry in, in the deep South, uh, rural Texas. And man, it's gnarly. I had a blast with that one and I can't wait to see the prequel, which is slated to come out later this year, I believe, or first thing next year, maybe called Pearl also starring Mia Goth. And yeah, I really enjoyed X. I'm looking forward to to catching that again once it's uh, out. And I think it's already out on Blu-ray DVD, the third film. And these are like in no, no particular order, but I loved the hell out of deep water. It was, Bruce is making a face, very surprised by this. Um, ben Affleck, Anna de Armas. I mean, all of the pulpy disgustingness of Gone Girl, just kind of all, all in, in yet another movie, this kind of dirty uh, sex thriller type thing. It's directed by Adrian Lin. I said it wrong when we were talking about this movie earlier this year, but Adrian Line. Line. So Adrian Line, yeah. Um, gently correcting myself here. It's, it's self-respect that, I, that, I, that I've got. Chris, you went, uh, you went horror, horror uh, thriller for your three picks. Wow. Indeed. Like I said, there's a ton of other movies that I really enjoyed. I mean, I think my overall number one with a bullet is going to be Everything Everywhere All at Once and The Northman in quick succession. Jackass Forever is in its own category, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And RRR. Have you still not seen that, Bruce? No, no. Okay. It'll come at some point and then I'll have to break it into two if you need to. I mean, three hours is long, but it does have an intermission, like a nice casual little spot where you can kind of, you know, hit pause, come back the next day. It's like, you know, putting down the book, uh, putting down a book at the end of a chapter kind of thing. It's a nice, nice little watermark. So, um, yeah, the the three that I guess I'm, I'm adding to that list this is a, a progressive list is fresh X and deep water. Bruce, what do you got? I look at it a different way. Which ones will survive by the end of the year when you'll, you'll be looking there? And I really, you know, if you look at it, Top Gun is going to be on somebody's list somewhere because it really did jumpstart people going back to the theaters. And as kind of 1980s as it might be, there's something there that you got to admire. And I, I, 
it will get Oscar nominations. I can predict that for you right now. The Northman could as well because it was so bizarre, but I think that there's going to be some other stuff that will just kind of kick that out of the way. And I think the Batman will be another one that will have some kind of technical thing that will keep it alive toward the end of the year. But um, one, I think we talked about last week, and I want you to take a look at it if you haven't seen it yet, is Sea Beast, because I see, I think Sea Beast is going to be a game changer for animation. And I think you're going to say about that, look at how realistic this is. You know how they tried years ago to make Polar Express look like they were real people, but they look just really scary? I think they've gotten very, very close now to being able to recreate what we want reality to look like. Um, so I think they've been, special effects have gotten to the point where this is like, wow. And I think the Sea Beast is one of those things that we should consider for that. The Survivor is one of those movies that had great performances, Ben Foster. But I do think that if we're gonna look at any film that's going to last everything everywhere and everything, whatever it is in between, oh yeah. You're going to see Michelle Yeoh on the best actress list. Definitely. Because that thing they will bring, and Jamie Lee Curtis, you look at her, she could be best supporting actress. It could uh, really happen. But I think that's one that'll hold on until the end of the year. I know, I know that we like to talk about swag. The everything, everywhere, all at once swag that A24 is vlogging. They have a, a scented candle that is shaped like a certain award that is used in the film to great effect. And that's all that I'm going to say about that, but excellent work uh, for them. And yeah, the sea beast, I haven't sat down and watched it from beginning to end, but I put it on to kind of look at and get a, a vibe for what it looked like. And it looks incredible. The visuals of it are, are what really make this it's Moana for lack of a better term, but it looks incredible. And I think that's what we're going to see is that the technical aspects of that, that's put it right in the list right now for best animated feature. And I don't think it'll be kicked out by any Disney film before then. It's been a rough year for, uh, for Pixar and Disney animation. And the thing you mentioned with the Uncanny Valley, I also made a mental note of that because they found just the perfect balance between everything else in this world from the clothing to the boat, to the water, to the plants is, is very accurate. Like it's not like, it's just close enough to reality. It's not quite avatar level intensity, but all of the actual characters, the facial structure, the body shapes, the way they move is caricaturized to the point where it's, they push both directions at the same time in just the right balance. And yeah, I, what I saw looked fantastic and I'm a little bummed that I'm not going to get a chance to maybe see that on the big screen. Cause you know, it just doesn't look as good streaming. I mean, it's something that really needs to be seen on like a high definition TV, you know, guaranteed and not, you know, on, on your kids peanut butter smeared iPad, you know, in, in the backseat of a car. So you could get seasick. Can I predict something then as long as we're at the half point, please. I don't think Avatar 2 is going to be the big thing that it really thinks it's going to be. I really don't. I know that they're going to push like crazy. We're going to see, you know, come on, everything possible. But when you go to the Disney World attraction that has the Avatar thing in, that's Avatar 2, where you really are put in the middle of the whole thing. And I don't know how a film 
that has been how many years out? It's a long time. I don't know that it can bring back the feelings that we had back then. So I don't think Avatar is going to be in the, if it is on the best picture list, it's because they have 10. And that's the only reason. If I had to make a bet right now, I would agree with you. But I also know that we are at the, we are still just at the very beginning of a six month promotional push. Push is not a strong enough word about how the marketing is going to ramp up for Avatar 2. We're going to have the first Avatar back in theaters with 3D glasses. So it's going to then, you know, leap past Avengers again and reclaim all that. I mean, it is, it is going to lay the track for all of that. And I'm, I think that we are definitely head, heading towards a, a nuclear winter of <laughs> being snowed in by Avatar and yes, I know that that metaphor got way the hell away from me immediately the second I started making it, but you know what I mean. So I'll just read a, uh, an article uh, headline from uh, December of 2009 from, uh, from Cinema Blend, who has some stuff I like. 2009, why Avatar is headed for blockbuster mediocrity. So that's what, that's what the predictions were heading into the first Avatar in 2009. So we'll see what happens this time around. I did like seeing the new trailer in front of um yep. in front of Thor. Everything looks amazing. I I don't know how much I'm going to end up ultimately caring about these people, but you don't care about the Navi? Come on. <laughs> I don't know when that guy like, you know, wraps the leather thong like around his hand and is, you know, on the, you know, crazy, you know, rabid dolphin or whatever it is these on. I'm there for it. But yeah, next week we'll be back with Nope. Yep. We got The Gray Man on Netflix both of which are varying degrees of, of let's get excited for it. And then we've also got a documentary series on HBO called The Last Movie Stars. Yeah, get excited, guys. That's the sound of excitement right there, I'll tell you what. So thank you both, and thank you to the subscribers that we've got, the avid listeners to the show, and we'll be back next week with more good stuff. You don't care about the Navi? Come on. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.